Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. So welcome to Snazzy Stories. Today I have a few different stories about Teddy Roosevelt. And Teddy is my favorite president, probably. He and Abraham Lincoln, my favorite presidents. And I'll probably go through a little bit more detailed accounts of specific parts of Teddy's life later. But these particular stories really, for me, they really shape uh, who he is and some really interesting things about him. So I just wanted to tell you a few different maybe shorter stories about him. And every time I read stories about him and his life, I have to say, it just, it makes me smile because he was so robust and he was exceptionally unique, a very unique individual. And he was born in New York City in a very well-to-do family. However, Teddy had many health problems and has been termed as a very sickly boy growing up, which I never would have thought just looking at Teddy Roosevelt and what his life was like. I never would have uh, assumed that or even thought that he would have been a sickly boy, but he was often very sick. He had asthma, which caused him to be weaker than other kids, and he was often bullied by other kids, which, again, is so odd. I would never thought he would have had a childhood like that, uh, knowing more about him and what his adult life was like. But his father was very concerned about this. He was concerned about him being weaker than other kids and being seen as weaker and being bullied and treated poorly. So his father was very encouraging and he helped him hike long distances and swim long distances. His dad did not want his son to be defined by his asthma, be defined by any of his sicknesses or illnesses that he had. And he was also homeschooled. And then he ended up actually attending Harvard University for his college education. And he ended up on the Harvard boxing team. He actually took boxing. He convinced his dad to let him take boxing because uh, boxing lessons because he was being bullied. And his dad agreed. And then when he went to Harvard, he ended up on the Harvard boxing team. Also, while he was at Harvard, he developed a reputation of someone who was intrigued with nature as well. Teddy would oftentimes keep a variety of animals in his room, such as snakes, lobsters, and a tortoise. But unfortunately, sometimes these animals, on many occasions actually, they escaped the confines of Teddy's bedroom. And his roommates knew that, and anyone actually around his room knew that they would never go in there. Uh, they stayed away from his room because he had all of these strange animals. Now, the year that he graduated from college, he married Alice Hathaway, and four years later, the couple had a daughter named Alice. Their happiness of their newborn daughter unfortunately didn't last long. Teddy's wife, Alice, died two days later, along with his own mother as well. These deaths were so devastating to Teddy that he left his daughter, Alice, with his sister, and he headed to the Dakota Territories. While there, he raised cattle and became a much-needed lawman. And we'll go into more stories about that, I'm sure, at a later date. But Roosevelt eventually returned to New York and became involved in politics. He married again in 1886, and he married Edith Caro, and they ended up having five children together. Now, Teddy became the police commissioner, also of New York City. And while New York was full of crime, he was determined to do his best to clean up the city, and his plan was to hire the best people he could find no matter the gender. He hired the first woman and many more after to the police force. 
He felt it was necessary to have female prisoners booked into custody by a member of the same sex. Roosevelt also made target practice mandatory because the police force were terrible shots, which is kind of funny because we just assume that police officers always practiced, but apparently New York City police officers during this time did not practice and they were terrible and so he required them to get better at this by mandatory target practice so it's just kind of funny that you don't really think about these things um i just kind of i guess for me i guess i just assume that the police officers they did practice because they didn't want to miss right but apparently not as the city's police commissioner many problems were at hand but new york city's jewish population had a big problem on their hands. A preacher had come to New York from Berlin who was anti-Semitic. Roosevelt knew he could not keep him out of the city, keep the preacher out of the city, but he could assign this man bodyguards comprised of upset Jewish cops. This helped convince the anti-Semitic preacher to forego his racist speeches while he was in New York. Skip forward to his presidency. He was the first president to invite an African-American man to the White House when he invited Booker T. Washington to dine with, with him and his family. Teddy Roosevelt was a man of, of the people. Whatever he thought should be done, he did it even if it wasn't socially acceptable, which is kind of interesting, again, because you have him hiring the first woman uh, police officer. You also have him, have him helping out the Jewish community with the anti-Semitic preacher, which is really actually kind of funny that he hired, that he made these these two Jewish police officers go and be his bodyguards, um, which I'm sure, I don't know if they were too happy about that, but luckily it stopped the preacher from going off on his racist rants, so that was helpful. And then he also invited Booker T. Washington to the White House, and, and at this time these are all very socially unacceptable behaviors. Now, during the Spanish-American War, which... We all probably remember maybe Teddy Roosevelt as the leader of the Rough Riders, but that's a story for another day. But he wanted, when he returned from war, uh, he was a hero, and he was elected as governor of New York. However, once in office, he did not care what the Republican Party had, uh, that, who had supported him. He didn't care what they thought. Now, he ran as a Republican. They put him into office. They voted for him. But he didn't really necessarily care what they thought, at least the party bosses anyway. Once he got into office, he was not about to go give away to pressure for the party bosses. Teddy Roosevelt was a politician of the people. He did what he thought was best for New York City and eventually what he thought was best for America. Now, not for the political, not for the political party. The New York Republicans persuaded the National Party boss to give Roosevelt the chance to be William McKinley's running mate for the U.S. presidency. The leading Republicans did this in order to be to keep Teddy from running for a second term for governor of New York. And it worked. McKinley and Roosevelt won quite handily over the Democratic candidates, although this stint as vice president did not last long. Less than a year into the administration, William McKinley was assassinated in Buffalo, New York. He was greeting and he was greeting and shaking hands, as all politicians do, right? When a man came up to shake his hand, whom it looked as though he had, an he had injured his hand. He had a wrap around his hand, but actually he had a gun hidden inside the wrapped hand. He shot McKinley at point-blank range, and McKinley died a couple of days later from the wound he had suffered. This launched Teddy into the presidency. He became our 26th president at 42 years old. 
He had no idea that this was going to happen. So can you imagine being uh, pushed right into the presidency, the president of the United States, and he now has to learn how to run a country. As president, he continued his independent actions when dealing with the monopolies of big business. He broke up the big trusts. The problem was that the big bosses like J.P. Morgan of the railroad thought that Teddy was just like any other businessman. However, Teddy was the president of the United States, and he knew it. Teddy was not about to be bullied by any business to give them their way. Teddy was also involved in the coal miners' strike. He worked to get the coal miners in Pennsylvania their demand of receiving a higher wage. During his presidency, he also brought the U.S. into a power position in the world. As we all have heard, speak softly and carry a big stick was his motto for U.S. foreign policy. Diplomatic negotiations should be used, but should be backed up by force if needed. He transformed the U.S. Navy into a power that would be acknowledged by the other world powers. And Teddy accomplished much during his presidency and left office in 1909 after serving two terms. After Teddy Roosevelt's terms were finished, he lobbied and did his best to handpick the next president. He wanted someone to take his place that would carry on the legacy he hoped to leave behind. He helped William Howard Taft become the next president. After William Howard Taft became the president, Teddy went to Africa on safari and a hunting trip. But Roosevelt couldn't stay out of politics. He couldn't stay out of knowing what was going on. And Teddy was becoming increasingly frustrated and annoyed with Taft because he had felt that he had fallen back into the party politics, that he wasn't leaving the legacy that he should have left his personal legacy probably wasn't carrying on Teddy's legacy, but he was falling back in with the big party bosses. Now, Roosevelt decided that he was going to run again for president. Roosevelt ended up running against Taft in the next election as the candidate for the Progressive Party or the Bull Moose Party. However, one individual was not thrilled that Teddy was running for a third term. Technically, he had only been elected once, but that didn't matter to John F. Schrank. While in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, before a campaign speech, Roosevelt was shot in the chest by Schrank at close range. Schrank was detained and offered his reason for shooting. Roosevelt was, any man looking for a third term ought to be shot. That's pretty straightforward, don't you think? <laughs> Teddy refused medical attention and continued to the auditorium to make his speech. He was definitely a showman and decided to use his assassination attempt to show his toughness. When he began to speak to the crowd of people, he said, I shall ask you to be as quiet as possible. I don't know whether you fully understand that I have just been shot. Then taking his bloodstained manuscript of his speech from his coat pocket continued, but it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. The bullet had been slowed by his heavy coat, glasses case, and his speech. He spoke for about an hour and then went to the hospital. He continued with his campaign but lost the election to the Democratic candidate Woodrow Wilson because the Republican ticket was split. Teddy Roosevelt was a colorful character in our history, but even he could not win a third-party candidate. One of Teddy's mantras for his life was, above and below, but never around. And here is the explanation of that. He often would take his children on a cross-country hikes with many obstacles. He figured if there was a boulder, a bush, a river, or a hill, his and his children would crawl under, climb over, swim, or walk through it. But never go around it. 
He and his children would come home from their adventures with torn clothes that were soaking wet, covered in mud. However, those clothes were proof that they never walked around any obstacle. Throughout Teddy's life, he fought to be seen as one tough cookie. And, in day, and indeed, he was not only seen that way, he actually was one tough cookie. He's a very independent person. He's very much an individual. And for me, I feel like that mantra and that motto of above or below, never but never around was the epitome of his life. Everything he did in his life, he went through every obstacle, every obstacle that he could find. Um, as a child, he was sick. His father, obviously, was very helpful for him. He encouraged him to go on hikes, to go swimming, to be out, to be outdoors, to fight off his illnesses as much as he could, to strengthen his body and his will. Uh, when he became a boxer, he was on the Harvard boxing team, but he also started that because he was being bullied in school by other kids. But not only that, when he was in the White House, he actually uh, continued his boxing uh, in the White House. He would invite people to come and box with him. In fact, he invited a sailor in to come and box with him, and he hit him so hard in the eye that um, he ended up going, uh, I believe, partially blind, at least in one eye, or at least he was going to go blind. Um, and so he had to stop. But can you imagine the president of the United States? He is in the White House, and he's having these boxing matches uh, with people. So no matter what he did in his life, he continually met every obstacle head on, above or below, but never around. And I think that is great advice, I think, to anybody, to all of us that any obstacle that we have, we should never be going around it. And he taught his children that as well. They may have come home from all of their big adventures with their dad, with torn clothes and muddy and probably exhausted, but they never went around an obstacle. They always went through it. Come back again for another story on Snazzy Stories where everyone has a story. <laughs>